ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Winner takes a 3-2 lead in this opening round series. Moran. Grizzlies will have one last opportunity with 3.7 to go. Can you take us through the last call? Go get a bucket, John. Morant drives. Morant. Oh, it's good. John Morant with the bucket. A gutty Grizzly win. And Morant is the hero. He's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? Boss up and get a people. What a game five in Memphis last night between the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. Tied at 2-2. The Timberwolves have a big lead in the fourth quarter. They're just going to cruise through the 3-2 series lead. No, they're not. John Morant had something to say about that. That was a huge three to put them up three. And then this play, great execution. Anthony Edwards in the corner to tie the game. That means... The Grizzlies have the ball with about four seconds left. Mr. Rose, what happened next? Bad gamble, first and foremost, by Anthony Edwards. You made a big three. You got to stay in front of Ja Morant. Mm. Obviously, great pass that leads Ja towards the hoop. But the terrific athleticism and flexibility for Ja to not only finish it, but finish it with his left with the cinnamon roll, too. That wasn't (laughs) an easy layup, by the way. You know what I mean? Call 911. And, and also, the beauty of watching that game, Jacoby, you know what really came to mind? John Morant is the NBA's most improved player this year. Really? Yes. This time last year, a guy like Luca, if we were doing levels, was ahead of Ja. Now Ja's become a complete basketball player and leader to where they're equals, for example, now. And doing it in all phases, that spectacular, electrifying dunk, Mm, mm. how he just stole the soul from Malik Malik Beasley. Oh my goodness, now you know why I didn't try to take charges against these uh, uh, electric (laughs) athletes that are in the NBA but then you showed the three also that's an improved part of his game right and then accepting the challenge that's what I like about Memphis and when Patrick Beverly said that the Memphis squad was too small after scoring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like taking it personal and then that's when Josh started to attack you see him doing it in all phases And I appreciate that the ascension of John Morant is the most improved thing that has happened in this year's NBA. Well, John Morant himself felt that his teammate, Bain, deserved the most improved. And Bain has been very consistent throughout this series. He has been a player that can now be relied on in the playoffs to play at both ends and contribute. Fly by King, when you watching them play, pump fake, 
slide to the left, knock it down. He can finish at the hoop also. He's developing his runner. You see, he went and played summer league so he can improve his ball handling. Now they can rely on him. And I agree, he has been an improved weapon. But let's shout out Brandon Clark too. Yep. Because Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble. Always. Adams, not a great matchup for Big Cat. So now all of a sudden his strength and his athleticism, his ability to finish. And how about how he tapped it out to for the three-point shot? I Crazy. believe to Ja. You know what I mean? That was great. That was great court awareness by him as well. Yeah, that tap out to Ja was more accurate than most of the passes I see thrown in the NBA. That was an amazing play. Big shout out to Clark. As you mentioned, Jaron Jackson Jr. is always in foul trouble. They need someone to step up, and it was him. The Timberwolves need someone to step up. Cat has played well. However, gentleman by the name of D'Angelo Russell is having a tough series, Mr. Rose. The perimeter defense of Ja Morant, Bain, and Dylan Brooks is giving D'Lo the blues. And the thing about his game is they're gonna not only need him to score, <clears throat> but they're gonna also need his playmaking. And so they've taken both of those away from him. It's almost like a lefty being forced to play right-handed. That's what they're doing to D'Lo. And then on the other end, they're going at him defensively. Oh yeah. They're going, they, they're going at him defensively. They, 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 it's like sharks in the water against him defensively. So if the Minnesota Timberwolves are actually going to win this series, those numbers are going to have to look a lot better. One thing that's so great about the playoffs is people like us that watch every game in the regular season know some of the characters that get exposed in the playoffs, one of which is T. Morant. T. Morant is the biggest <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies supporter, and there he is with his doppelganger. Him and Usher just sitting there sipping drinks going over the stat sheet together. <laughs> and, and, and I love the fact that these two brothers understand that this is what the people want to see, mm -hmm. right? I appreciate that so very much. Usher's Give Cavs the people got what eliminated. They want. Give you know the people what, what they want. I, I appreciate that so very much. I can't lie, when I first saw T. Moran, I was like, he looked just like Usher. And I like the sense of humor that Usher has. He wore those glasses because he knew that T. Moran was going to wear those glasses too. What a great game. What a great series. I can't wait until this one goes back to Minnesota for game six. But we had another game five last night. This one took place in Miami, and it was not very competitive for most of the game. And it was Victor Oladipo. Without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry in the game, Victor had himself a game. Ola Oladipo. And don't underestimate how he performed defensively also. Good point. Like, he was out there playing. Like, it was good to see him moving well. You know, for, from, a, for, from a guy that was like one of the more electric high flyers in the league that became an all-star with Indiana and has dealt with some injuries and some role changing over the last couple of years and trying to reinvent himself now with the Heat. We highlighted the fact that the number one seeded Heat, Victor Oladipo, had 40 points in the final game of the year, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an X factor for the Eastern Conference playoffs, and they have Eric Spolstra on the sideline. My favorite coach and the best coach other than Pop, got to get an OG his credit, in the NBA. And by the way, without Jimmy, without Lowry, and you and I talked earlier, you were like, all right, Strew signed, Eric Spolstra must see some, all of a sudden, playing quality minutes <laughs> yep. in the playoff game, right? And Eric Spolstra not only is 
a terrific coach. But you see him post game, you saw the chain out. Yeah, of course. Chain out. He got the little you thin chain. You know what I mean? This is, the people look like me. You know what I mean? He got those little thin chains. You know, not the diamonds on them and the pendants. Just a little something, something. And I, I love that he was like, wait, John did what? He was talking about the John dunk. He wanted to see John just like the rest of us. Big shout to Spolstra. Big shout to the Heat. And last postseason, Trey Young put himself on the map as one of the stars on the rise. This postseason has been very different for Mr. Young. Absolutely, and, and that's because of the Miami Heat defense. But here's mm -hmm. what I want to stress. Trey Young shot his team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We're still trying to see if a great player like Joel Embiid can do that with the Sixers. So I want to make sure that I acknowledge Trey Young did have more turnovers than he had buckets this series against the Miami Heat. But I want to also know, as a go-to face of the franchise kind of guy, he shot them into the playoffs, and I appreciate that. Threw yep. the play in and got them in playing against the number one seed. I'm not surprised they're losing this series. Hard to beat the number one seed. Hard to beat the number one yeah, seed yeah, when you're yeah. coming I, out I'm of not the surprised. Play yeah, I'm not surprised. We'll see if the Pelicans can do it. And they weren't able to get a win last night. The series went back to Phoenix after that big winning game for the Pelicans tried to build on that momentum. And without Booker, this time it was Bridges who took over a lot of the scoring burden for the Suns to get them the a win. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. Put it by the back. bridge is over. Knocking down threes. And, and, and here's what I like about Phoenix. You see that five-man offense down mm. screen for him to hit the elbow jumper? Then you see him spotted up in the corner knocking down the three. You see the baseline worthy cut for the dunk with two hands? Like, moving the play, like when you watch many NBA teams play, it's either best player or perimeter um, uh, ball dominant the guy Nets. in the pick and roll. The Nets. Or it's three, four, five guys sometimes perched around the three line. I like that Phoenix runs five man offense and you in particular have to do it without Devin Booker. Chris Paul is gonna make sure it happens because he's one of the greatest floor generals that the league has seen. And he took it personal like they all did the way they lost in the previous game. But he came out of like, I'm about to score this thing now. And so y'all gonna, gonna get these assists, y'all gonna pressure me. I ain't gonna wait till the fourth quarter. Now y'all gonna go get these buckets. And that's what I appreciate watching from CP yesterday. But I have to say this, don't you love the rookies for oh, the Pelicans? Alvarado. He didn't, right, Alvarado. How, develop it. how oh, do you man, not root for Alvarado? New York City's <laughs> own. I'm claiming Alvarado, even though I never heard of him before this year. I'm claiming Alvarado now. He's, he's, Alvarado and Lance are in the same boat. Give him the eight seconds again. Give him the eight seconds again. I don't even. I don't even. I can't believe Come they even called see, him for that one. And, I can't believe they even called me, this one. Hey man, let me tell y'all something. I played point guard in this league, and I played against Muggsy Bowl. And I was 6'8", and I turned around, and I looked at the future Hall of Famer. He had his hand on the ground. I'm like, well, I guess I can't dribble it because he's going to steal it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just passed it, went and did a UCLA cut, and tried to post him up. But then, basically like that, he was hounding me the whole time. So I'm saying that to say, hey, Phoenix Wings, in particular guys like Crowder and, and Cameron Johnson, and, and 
and DeAndre Ayton. Y'all got to slice and give CP3 a, some room mm -hmm. to get a full head of steam with Alvarado in the game. Y'all can't be leaving the OG in the backcourt getting pressed by this young rookie 94 feet and getting eight second calls. I look for that adjustment also to take place. But I love that the young fella's bringing a new element to the game. I'm glad that you mentioned when you played in the league, because when you played in the league, you got paid millions of dollars and you earned every penny and you're a rich guy now with multiple homes. But look inside the home of this rich guy. Odell Beckham Jr. put his Ohio house on the market and wait till you see these photos, Mr. Rose. I literally didn't even think that the inside of his home was an inside of his home. Wait till you see his closet. The closet, what is that? That was like a sneaker store. <laughs> Jalen Rose, did he overdo it with the closet? It ain't no such thing as overdoing it when you're doing it extra large. You know what okay. I'm saying? So okay. this is all a boss move. Don't ever get it twisted. But the one thing I will say is, was he that invested in Cleveland? Like that, that's the thing that jumped out to me. Like, like you, like, hold on. Like this is coming from a man now. who put newspapers in front of his windows in Talk Indiana because he Talk didn't to want to me, pay family. for the curtains. He put newspapers on the window. <laughs> you think you would look at that crib? You think he was going to be there for a decade? Yes, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like that's what I expect Patrick Mahomes to do in Kansas City, not Odell Beckham to do in Ohio. I felt like, wow, he was really invested. I just can't wait until some of the people come to look at the house. They look more like me than you. They get down to the basement to look at the closet. They're like, what is this? Like, what, 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 what do you want me to do with these shelves? What, like, I, got, I got three kids, man. What do you want me to do? Have a sneaker store in the basement? What is this? Maybe we can do some renovations. Jalen Rose joining us in just seconds. DeMarcus Ware, you've seen him dominate on the football field, and he's got some ideas about tomorrow's draft that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck here at Pier 17, New York City. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Joining us right now, that man, Demarcus Ware. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, thank you guys for inviting me on, man. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate the love. So, you have 138 and a half sacks. <laughs> and we look at this year's draft. It seems to be littered with game-changing pass rushers. So, I have to yeah. ask you. Who would you take with the number one overall pick? Um, I would probably say Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, he's one of those guys, man, that reminds me of myself. He was actually, he's actually bigger than 
you know, I was when I came out, but the way that he comes off the edge is just, you know, phenomenal. And when you start thinking about getting the pressure on the quarterback, it's a passing league now. You got to have that guy that can create those big plays. And, you know, sacks are at a premium this year. You can see a lot of guys getting paid to do that. So I, I would put him at the top. So other players like Aiden Hutchinson have been put at the top. And now there's this Trayvon Walker movement. He didn't get that many sacks in his actual games for Georgia, but he measured off the hook at the combine. How do you balance yeah. those two things if you're a team? You know what? Um, I was actually the same way. I probably averaged about nine or ten sacks, right? But then I went to the combine, ran a four or five, something in the combine, you know, Everything was off the chart, but I started out being a six-round draft pick when I first got there and I've been a first-round draft pick. So the performance in college is great, but when you see all of the measurables, that's what matters when you're in the league. How do you measure up with the um, professional guys? And I feel like, you know, when you start having those numbers like that, the Walker, he had him having that, that's what's going to sort of put him in that deal to where he's going to be effective um, as soon as he gets into the league. And you came from a small school, relatively like Troy, and ended up making a name for yourself. The Detroit Lions, my hometown team, we pick at number two. What should we do, big fella? Um. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> One playoff win in 60 years. What should we do, fam? I, 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 I would say. At the end of the day, yeah, you know what? Defense is what's killing it right now in the draft. You got to draft big on defense. Um, and if you got that top pick, you got to go ahead and swipe up either a defensive end, some type of, you know, tackle that's going to come in there. But also a guy that's going to be that captain, right? Mm. A captain that's going to be young. It doesn't matter, you know, how young they, they come in as. But now they're mature. And you, I think drafting that guy on defense, that top pick, that's what you're going to want, and you can build a team around You had a great long career, both with the Cowboys and the Broncos, and it's time to talk about those Cowboys. They got bounced in the wild card round. There's always so much discussion around the Cowboys and what they should or shouldn't do. If Jerry Jones called your phone and said, DeMarcus, what should we do this offseason to get this right for next season? What advice would you give him? Um, I would say go get a left offensive guard. Um, hmm. Because one thing that was hindered this year is the run game. Uh, you do have all these quite crazy wide receivers. You're able to get them the ball, but if you don't feed Zeke, if you know Pollard doesn't get the football, what what are you? Why, why are we even playing football? It's controlled in the trenches. So I would get that left guard, that Mauler, like that Larry Allen, that Steve Hutchison, a guy that at the end of the day, you, it might not be a first round pick, but go get some offensive linemen because you know you're going to need that. And once you get that in play, you know, protecting Zeke, because they didn't do that in the playoffs. If they do that, then they're going to be that playoff team. A couple of my favorite defenders to watch growing up were Lawrence Taylor. And by the yeah. way, he did pick it off against my Lions and ran it back 99 <laughs> yards on Thanksgiving Day. Or And Derek Thomas. I believe he oh. had like eight or nine sacks in a game one time, like crazy. Against us? I have to, yeah, a beast. No, that wasn't against us. That wasn't <laughs> against us. But he was such a beast and a game changer. So I have to ask you about Micah Parsons. Like he's the new era Swiss Army knife. He had 13 sacks, he does it in all phases. 
how special of a, special of a player can he actually be? You know, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player because I get to sort of mentor him a little bit in the offseason. You know, June and July, he'll come here and we'll work together. Uh, last year, we did that in the summer. I didn't know how fast he was. I, I was fast, but when I saw him get off the ball, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Do that one more time. <laughs> and then he then he he bent around the corner, went around the corner, did the moves. He was and he learned the moves in like two or three, you know, reps. I said, dang man, this dude right here is gonna be phenomenal. And I said, What position they got you playing? They said he said linebacker, inside linebacker. I said, Oh no, 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 no. Wow. Put you on the outside. Mm -hmm. And guess what? One of the guys got hurt and they put him on the outside. I think mm -hmm. he had two sacks that game. I said, leave him in there. Let him wreak havoc. And I think the sky is going to be the limit for him because he can play inside. He can play outside. You can put him um, on mismatches on tight ends and running backs. And, you know, whew, 13 sacks as a rookie. I mean, that's, that's a good start. And you went to Troy State and you were picked in the first round by the Dallas Cowboys. What was that moment like for you and the next couple days after when it started to settle in? You know, it, it never settled in because I came from a small town. I mean, we had one guy named Famous Amos with a tape recorder. And as soon as you get to the Dallas Cowboys, there's 40 cameras every single day. And so it was a rude awakening for me to be able to sort of expose yourself in a whole bunch of strangers and, and show your personality. And you find out real fast that it's not about you. It's about the business that you build over your career. And so it, it took about two or three years for me to get used to that. But um once I settled in, um, I mean, the sky was the limit. I just kept playing and, and doing what I needed to do. DeMarcus, can you recall your draft day experience? Now we get a chance to see certain players walk on the stage and give Roger Goodell the bear hug. We see certain players receive the phone call. What was your draft day experience like? You know what? I um, I got an opportunity um, to go to New York, but I'm a, you know, I'm a country boy. So I said, you know, I want to get my family. I'm a, I rented out a huge room at the Hotel Conference Center in Auburn, Alabama, and I invited all my family, about 50 of us. So all of us sitting there in the room, I remember my grandma, my granddad, my mom, I mean, everybody that was important that sort of got me to that point. And I remember that old Nokia phone that I had, you know, the flip phone that opens up. <laughs> I, uh, got that. It was a weird number, and when I picked it up, it was Bill Parcells, and he said, what does it feel like to be a Dallas Cowboy? And I heard Jerry Jones laughing in the background. You know how your heart just drops. Like, oh, man. And all the family seeing it up here on the screen as we talk about it. And that was that point where, like, I made it. I mean, all that hard work and all the people that are behind me, y'all helped me do this. Now, let's go make this thing great. What was Bill Parcells like as a head coach? Ooh. They call him the tuna. Um, and I don't know why they call him that, but at the end of the day, he plays so many mind games. Uh, as a rookie, when you first come in, especially being a first-round draft pick, I had to get him Gatorade every single break at practice. And I'll tell you a story. Um, he loves orange Gatorade, and one of the trainers ended up giving me blue Gatorade, so I ran about 100 yards and gave it to him, and he looked at me. He said, why did you bring me blue Gatorade? And I'm man. <laughs> And so I was just upset about it, but it, it was cool to know that he plays those games. He was really, he always talked about being battle hardened, playing hurt. And um, 
I mean, he got me to where I am right now um, of being able to play through any adversity and be successful. I love that you dropped that Micah Parsons note because people forget that he was on the inside. And then that was yep. a game changing move. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a beautiful nugget. And the, you played in Denver and you played for Dallas. What's your rooting interest? You know what, man? I'm 50 50. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go against the Denver Broncos and the Denver. I can't go against Colorado because they gave me the opportunity of, you know, getting traded and released from the Dallas Cowboys. But then, you know, the Dallas Cowboy gave me that opportunity. So if I go there, I got both D's, double D, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas and Denver, two great teams, man. I, I, I'm split half and half, 50-50. And, um, you know, hopefully both of the teams do well, but I'm rooting for both. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Broncos because they made a big move this offseason, bringing in Russell Wilson from Seattle, which what that has done is raised expectations for the franchise. What are your realistic expectations for the Broncos this season? I would say, you know what, um, knocking on the door of the playoffs. It's, it's weird, but the team that they have, they have a good run game. They needed a passing quarterback. They got that, right? And what's going to make it really nice there is when you're playing up there at 7,000 feet mile high and you got Russell Wilson running around making the defense tired, it's going to wreak havoc on those defensive players and he's going to be very effective up there. But their defense, you don't see a whole bunch of names on their defense, but you don't see a lot of points getting scored on their defense either, do you? So I feel like they're going to be a sleeper team that's going to come out. Yeah, the Russell Wilson, he's going to get all the shine. But everybody else that are the team players, they're going to make sure that that team, you know, stays up and stay propelled. And you know what? They're going to be knocking on the door of the playoffs. I have to ask you about the Cardinals. While Kurt Warner led this team to the Super Bowl, I only recall them having a great quarterback probably being Neil Lomax. And that was like when I was young. You know what I'm saying? And so now they have Kyler Murray, and I see him as a franchise quarterback and a great player that they should invest in, but yet there's rumblings of whether they should pay him or not. How do you view Kyler Murray, and what do you think the Cardinals and he should do going forward? You know what? I, I remember seeing him at the draft, and I was like, man, he's a small quarterback. You know, I, I didn't think that, you know, he was going to be able to play like he was playing. And then I saw him play. It wasn't like one week or two weeks. It was a season after a season. I was like, hold on, this dude is actually really good, but he's consistent. It is hard to find a consistent quarterback in the NFL that can do what he's been doing at the size that he is. So he is the franchise quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. And if they don't pay him, somebody else is going to figure out how to pay him. And he's going to do the same thing in a different jersey against them. That's a really good point. Now, something that's very important to me is my sleep, right? I've got three children. I don't get a lot of it. So sleep is extremely important to me. So tell me why you have partnered with Sleep Number and what that means. You know what? Um, I partnered with Sleep Number being a legend in the NFL now, I've figured out that recovery is one of the most important things to, I mean, I'm, I'm edging on 40, to feeling good now, right? And being able to be part of the NFL with sleep number and them being 
the wellness partner of the NFL, it's so cool to now go back and be the, at the top of the pyramid and saying, I'm gonna be the experiment for everybody else to be able to know if you wanna be at an optimal performance level, this is how you need to do it. But guess what? Now you can do it yourself by sleeping well. And you know, the sleep number, you know, 360 smart bed, it's not just a bed, right? You can always say that. I mean, this thing has um, been, you know, sort of time for 14 billion hours of a computer sitting there knowing how to manipulate the body while you sleep. So the only thing you need to do is get on the bed and go to sleep, wake up and you have either your sleep number if you wanna have a firm bed, if you want to have um, you know your score every single morning, but you know your results. And it's all about results um, at the end of the day. So if you focus on that, especially everybody being able to be, me being part of this program, and you know now everybody else, the consumer being part of this program, I think that this is really gonna help people out in recovery and sleep and just feeling better. I need to get me a sleep number and yes, I need to you be do. a better endorser because whoever's <laughs> paying this man, y'all need to pay him double. I need to do a better job of selling stuff. No wonder why I ain't got no sponsors. You know I was thinking I mean? the same thing. I was like, I need one of these beds. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I got a regular bed, dog. My bed don't have a computer in it. It's not analyzing my sleep patterns. I'm sending, I'm sending both of y'all a coupon because I'm going for y'all to feel like I feel. Uh, thank you. Thank you, my brother. We appreciate you joining us. But before we let you get out of here, I got to ask one more follow-up question. Tell the draftees what's going to change in their lives the most on and off the field once they become a professional. Um, one of the number one things that thing, I would say, I'll say two things that are going to change in your life is your family and your friends. Mm, you can find out wow. who is really mm. there for you. Your circle is going to get really, really small because you got money. And you're going to figure out who's with you and who is not with you. And that's the biggest heartbreaking thing that you're going to have to face is your family who helped you get there and your friends that's going to not want you to be there because they want to be in your shoes. Mm. Wow, that's Preach. really well put. Preach. Thank you so much for coming Thank on, you. Mr. Ware. Thank you. Appreciate that. Look look forward to sleeping on my sleep number bed. I can't sound great. Looking for my coupon. <laughs> look forward yeah. to having you back on the yeah. show anytime yeah. during the season. Thanks a lot. Y'all take care. Thank you. All right, have a good one. Appreciate you. Thank you for watching Jalen and Jacoby on television, but don't forget, listen to the podcast. Every single day we have exclusive content for the podcast where we talk about all the things they won't let us talk about on television. <laughs> Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby, Jalen Rose. Every day we recognize the fact that Brittany Griner is still detained in Russia. One day is too long, 69 is just way too long. And we here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. Jalen Rose, Game five.
tonight between the Bucks and the Bulls. There is no playoff game this year that I feel like is over before it started more than this one. It's over now, you and me, babe. That's Luther Vandross for you youngsters out there. Too much Giannis. And yeah. here's what I like about the best player in the league, the best two-way player in the league, the most dominant player in the league, the defending champion, finals MVP, who's also been defensive player of the year. He's unstoppable because he kept working on his game. Mm -hmm. He can make jumpers now. He can make free throws now. And Brooke Lopez is back scoring. And Drew Holiday is ball always balling. But I got to say this about Chicago. I remember us doing a show earlier in the year and the Bulls directly, their fans and their fan base was barking about Grayson Allen. And y'all, it's one thing to let Bobby Portis go to work on y'all. But y'all let Grayson Allen outscore all of the Bulls? Come on, man. It's over tonight. Yeah, it is over tonight. Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis have stepped up because Middleton in is out. It's important that they get this one done because the Celtics are waiting. Jalen Rose looking to close out their series in five are the Warriors who face Jokic and the Nuggets. It's been Curry and Poole who have done the scoring for the Warriors. And winning the previous game for the Nuggets was all about pride. And I want to give Austin Rivers a lot of credit for what he brought to the table. Will Barton made a big shot, Monte Morris. But now going back to Golden State, I expect the Joker to continue to be dominant. But you mentioned it. The Golden State Warriors closes out this series tonight. We will be back tomorrow to discuss all these games and, of course, the NFL Draft. Make sure Thank you tune you. in ESPN2, 4 o'clock. You're far too kind. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. I love doing podcast exclusive. It gives us a chance to discuss things in detail because we can't rush through them on the TV show. And I want to talk about that John Morant dunk. Mr. Rose, it was a great dunk, okay? But don't start talking about best playoff dunk. Maybe the best playoff dunk of this season so far in round one, but I can come up with seven playoff dunks in the history of the league that made this one look like it was a layup. And a couple other things. Number one, Beasley was taking a charge. I, if you're going to dunk on somebody, I want to see that person try to block the shot, not take the charge. Am I being negative Jacoby or do I have a point? You're definitely being negative Jacoby. And that's where I was going because you started the show with this, which means you're very passionate about it. And while you're handsome and hardworking and a Thank great you. husband and dad and All executive and producer, all and that. go to yoga and ride bikes, and you're just yeah. such an adventurous guy. All that. You know what I mean? You think yeah, I'll do be riding a today. bike through the New York City traffic? You think yeah, I would be doing that? My wife was out of town. I was up at 5.30, get the kids dressed, and get, right. feed them, exactly. and put shoes on them, get up to the bus, drive Chloe to her exactly. school. Exactly. But, but when you flip the page, the beauty in our relationship is at the core, I lead with love. And at your core, you can't help it 
you lead with negative Jacoby. And the beautiful thing about it is that's half empty, half full. That's all. Yeah. That's all. And great you're job. half empty here because you see so much basketball. You're like, wait a minute. What about Sean Kemp over Alton Liston? Or what about Michael Jordan, Twinkle Toes on the left side by Charles Oakley over Baron Davis? Baron Davis? John Starks? Over AK-47. Yeah, like John there's, Starks there's, there's, there's with there's the left. There's a million left. of them. There's a you million know, of Kobe them. Kobe Bryant baseline against Minnesota reverse. Did Kevin Johnson have one from the right side, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, or absolutely, on Akeem Olajuwon. Or what yeah. about T-Mac on Sean Bradley? Yeah, come on now. You know, like, like they're out job. there. And also, let me tell you, you know, something no one said about this dunk, Mr. Rose. Here's what really made it really, really made it special, right? It's his left hand after he dunks it. So when you see this dunk again, I'm sure we're all going to see it again. He dunks it with his right hand, and then his left hand, he follows up like he's got a second basketball he's trying to dunk with, too. And it brings it right into this flex. It was a, it was a very athletic and strong dunk. But Beasley, Beasley's just out here trying to take a charge. He's not trying to block the shot. They didn't go chest to chest. He didn't even get dunked on. Come on now. Well, I got more. I got more therapy for negative Jacoby. Okay. The, 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 the difference in all of the people I named and you named is they're not six foot 175 pounds. Number mm. one. How tall is Kevin number, Johnson? N- n- number two, he caught, you can't cock the ball back further than he did. No, and that's no. fearless. No, and no. that's fearless. He looked like he was doing yoga. Like he's like, <laughs> right. he was, like yo. Right. You he could not have stretched his arm, his hands, his fingers any further than that. And so the level of violence that he attacked the rim with is what we love. You know okay. what I mean? No, and, I need and, to, can you translate can you translate African American to white guy for me with one thing? After the game is over, he hits the shot, walks over to like the scores table area. Memphis always celebrates together. He does the phone call to his to his face. Now, am I'm thinking, I've been listening to a lot of Pusha T lately. Pusha T, one of my favorite <laughs> songs is Call My Bluff, right? And I'm thinking, is this a Pusha T reference? What is the phone call reference, Mr. Rose? Translate from African-American to white for me, because I don't understand it. Well, the, the thing I love about Ja and what's happening with this Memphis team is that they want to win games, but they also making sure that they embody the culture and they're invested in Memphis. I appreciate Mm. that. And so many times you see them rapping or singing or shouting out people that are local celebrities and artists that made a name for themselves And that's the beautiful thing about sports. And again, I've said this to you before. I love seeing artists giving athletes chains. I love that. And the reason why I love it, number one, is that rappers are now making the kind of money that athletes make. That's Mm -hmm. what I like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love seeing Rose at, 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 at the four, what do you call it? Uh, the promised land. You know what I'm saying? And so, and, and so for Ja, it's like, it's an emergency. You know who to call. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Call, you, call you know me, who to call. Call me if you're in trouble. Yeah, call me if you need someone to talk to. Because in the huddle, that's what the coach does. He's calling somebody's number. And basically, a graduation of him putting the phone up to his ear. And by the way, that's just old school anyway because most people don't even know about the full phone. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You just know about the iPhone. You know what I mean? He got the flip phone, the house phone. It, do, it up doesn't to look his as ear. cool if you just if you pretend to put AirPods in. You know what I mean? You pretend yes. to put AirPods in. Talk to that's me. That doesn't have the same. Doesn't have. Doesn't hit the same. It's different. That's that. That that's that old soul hanging around Papa Morant. You know what I mean? Them having a house phone. Jordan had a house phone when he was great. He, you know what I'm saying? He just only uses a a, a cell phone. And and the point is also. Anthony Edwards did a terrible gamble. Terrible. But let's not underestimate the athleticism and the quickness that Ja displayed to finish that with his left hand. Like that he was jumped, a, that was he a, jumped from that, far away. Yeah, exactly. And he had to do some more yoga with the other hand just to no stretch doubt. it out and then to have enough momentum to flip it up on the backboard over the rim. If, if you look at that again, it barely made it over the rim. And that's the guy who led the NBA in paint points. Say it again. Led the NBA in paint points. So you see him doing an athletic, supernatural, high-flying dunk that catapulted his game and got him going. Played a lot better after that play. They needed all of those points, rebounds, and assists that he had. Brandon Clark, I love his contribution also. Got to yep. shout him out. Love Bain's contribution. Dylan Brooks always plays. Oh, let me go negative Jacoby. Let me go negative Jacoby. Come on, Jaron okay. Jackson Jr. Come on, Jaron Jackson Jr. You're, people want you to be defensive player of the year. Well, he, he'll foul somebody at the jump. From the jump ball, he'll foul somebody off the ball. First possession, foul somebody again, goes out. Then they put him in like the end of the second quarter, foul somebody again, goes out. Can't put him in again, foul somebody. Like, it, it, it. All the defensive player of the year stuff, all the unicorn stuff, all that he can shoot and he can switch and he can do this and the rim protection, all that's great. But the best ability? Availability. Availability. But this is why over Monty Williams just by a hair, I voted Taylor Jenkins coach of the year. White Jenkins. Because, because of what you just said. So now, okay. Can't go to Adams. Mm -mm. Triple J's in foul trouble. Let's go, Clark. Give me these quality minutes. He did. You see what I'm saying? When we needed to most, and Carl Anthony Towns was scoring the ball. He made a few threes. Anthony Edwards made a big late three. Like that was a well, that was a tightly contested game. To Jalen. Um, I might have been financially invested on the money line for the Timberwolves there. I might have really enjoyed that. And shout out to the gambling apps. They got this thing like where you can cash out. You know what I mean? So like if I bet the money line for the Timberwolves in the fourth quarter, that let's say I could win $10, they'll be like, yo, you can cash out right now and we'll give you seven and a half. You know, they're like the pawn shop. It's, and that's the first thing I was thinking last night. They're like the pawn shop. They're like, oh, you bought that chain for a hundred? We'll give you 64 right now cash. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Yo, I'm thinking think they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter. I'm like, I should probably just cash out of this. You know what I mean? I'm going to win some money. It'll be right there in my wallet because I don't know about this Timberwolves finish. And 
This game was close. It came down to a last possession. But don't forget what they had to do to bring it down to that last possession. That Anthony Edwards three was a perfectly drawn play, a perfectly executed play, great pass from Gruder, and a tough shot, contested shot from Clark. Like, that was just to tie the game. But then, the second, the millisecond, I saw Anthony Edwards on the wrong side of Jaw on that inbounds pass, I was like, it's over. It's over. It is absolutely over. Yeah, he opened the floodgates. You, 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 defensively, you got to flatline that cut and force him to take a shot over you. That's the, that's the sole reason why they have you on him. Or get so past that, you. Right. Well, well, you figure that, the, 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 no, the reason they have him on you with that limited amount of time is that he shouldn't get by you that fast. Mm-hmm. That, that's the whole point. He, it, it should take Ja more than one dribble to get by him if he doesn't gamble. But since he gambles, he doesn't have to shoot over him or drive around him. Now he gets a chance to get towards the bucket. And that's a crazy athletic finish still that yeah. he needed to make with his left hand for the guy again that led the NBA in paint points. So some stats, some stats are B, true. Some stats are not, true that I don't believe. Like, right. I just don't believe not it. Joel, I don't believe it. That might be a fact. That might be quantifiably proven as a fact. I don't believe it. I do right. not believe it. Don't believe it. Yes. You trying yes. to tell me Rudy Gobert didn't get more point paints? You put no, points sir. in the paint? Like, come no, on sir. now. That's wild. Well, uh, producer telling me that the phone thing says means call twelve. I I guess I did like in the post the post press is like so what take us through the last play. It's like jog get a bucket. Okay, that's your coach of the year that's right exactly there. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> coach of the year right there, <laughs> Taylor Jenkins. Uh, uh, that's a great play you drew up, Mr. Finch, to get that three from Anthony Edwards. But I got him, Jaw Morant. I'm just gonna bring everybody together and say get Jaw the ball, and he'll figure it out. And he did. Big shout to them. I think I think if the Timberwolves take that game, they take the series. But now I think it's way up in the air, and hopefully we'll see a Game 7 in Memphis because that would be so much fun. Um, Mr. Rose, I want to discuss the 76ers for a second. Because I like drama, right? (laughs) And there's nothing that would be more dramatic than being like the 146 are teams that are, are down 3-0. And if the Timberwolves, I mean, sorry, the Raptors can be the first team to do it, that brings into question Doc Rivers' job security. That brings into question James Harden's extension. That brings into question so much, so much for this Sixers team that had a 3-0 lead looking real strong. David Jacoby. Mm-hmm. When Ben Simmons says he has mental issues that he needs to sort through, I want people to understand something. This is high stakes, high pressure, professional sports. You just heard David Jacoby talk about the fact that he was financially invested in the outcome of the game. This is the most important time of the year for NBA. And you know who's feeling that pressure? Doc Rivers. Yeah. He's the number one person because he's the only coach that has blown three separate 3-1 leads. Wow. The only That's one. It's hard to do. The it's only one. And, 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 and he and, 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 and 
And he did it at more than one spot, which don't help either. And so now all of a sudden, like I told you, if the Raptors force a game six, now I don't believe Fred Van Vliet is going to play, which he missed the previous game. Yep. I told you Philly needed to take game five as the Raptors started to get healthy. The young fella Barnes came back. Gary Trent is back. That young. Now you got OG Ananobi and all of these guys, Pascal Siakam, like that can make a play off the dribble, but they can also defend their position. Precious Achua, like they can all defend. Like they have so many guys that you would not want guarding you at rec. So many. They got like about five of those guys. It's like, seriously, man, like, yo, but they're wings. They don't say nothing. Have you ever seen OG Ananobi speak? They don't say nothing. Just strong, pump fake, go, just go dunk. You know what I mean? Just longer than he look. You know what yeah, I mean? Boucher. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. They look like bull bull out there sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? And I told you, if Philly let them win, now they go back to game six without Thibault. Who, by the way, is 50% on shots, but he shoots 40% from three. Yeah. I know that went over some people's heads. But either way, because he's only 50% on shots, he can't play in Toronto. Now, all of a sudden, you got game five at home. It's one thing to lose, but they got waxed. Waxed. So, so they oh, lose by booed. five. Got they three lose by ten. Got booed. Yeah, they ain't lose by ten. They ain't lose by fifteen. They ain't lose by twenty. Dog, they lost by twenty-five. I stopped watching the game. I just stopped watching. I was like, I'm good. There's another game on. And, and let me say another name: James Harden. Now, everybody was talking about how James Harden. Not only as a top 75 player, but like was gonna be the ultimate game changer when he got to Philly. Are you old enough to remember when people was like, this is about to be a reincarnation of Shaq and Kobe? Yes. Are you, are, yes. Are you old enough to remember yeah. that? They, no, they beat the Timberwolves and the Knicks and the Timberwolves. <laughs> That's who they beat. They look good doing it. And, and, and we already had them already as an all time great duel, right? But. As I look deeper into how they play, I got some news for you, Jacoby, that ain't good for James Harden. He don't move, he don't cut, and he Mm. don't play off the ball. Mm -mm. Which means he can't really get it, he can't really get going consistently playing with Joel and B offensively. Let me say that first. And let me tell you the second thing that makes it so pronounced, that he can't now beat a guy one, two dribbles and get by him. That's the second thing. The third thing, when he does get by him, Tracy Lee, hands up. Don't want to die. Keep your hands high. He ain't getting them foul calls no more. Nope. He ain't getting those extra six free throws. And let me tell you the domino from six free throws that 
is going to be mind-boggling to people. Number one is six more points, and it gets him a rhythm. Number two is three fouls on guys that he's going against. And lastly, it puts a team closer to the bonus, which gets him more free throws later. Mm-hmm. So when now that, that ain't happening, he's still falling on the floor, or he's still looking back at the ref. And Toronto, you know, it was the other way. That's another thing free throws I, I, do. Free throws stop the game and let him sit there correct. and breathe for 20, 30 seconds. Slows everything down, especially against a team like Toronto. Now, Jalen, I always say this, knuckles at the rim, right? You see John Morant finish around that, con- that contest, knuckles at the rim. You watch Kyrie Irving, he finishes a lot with knuckles at the rim. He got the whole package. You know, um, uh, when I watched uh, James Harden when he was in a Rockets uniform, he used to finish with his knuckles at the backboard a lot. I don't think I've seen him do it no. in a Brooklyn uniform or in a Sixers uniform. No, not 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 even close to having knuckles at the rim. But let me just tell you this, sir. I remember saying this to you, and you thought about it and was like, that's crazy at this point of his career, but it may be true. I said you might not see James Harden dunk on somebody again. Dunk. What about just dunk? And, and, but but let but let me tell you what goes into dunking on people that most people underestimate. If you got hops like Vince Carter, you you ain't got to think about it, right? Dominique, well, you ain't got to think about it. But if you're like a normal leaper, like you gotta be willing to sacrifice your body. Like a a, a dunk is a violent play. And also, for me, I ain't trying to hit that ground. And so somebody, I got undercut, I got clothesline before. I used to be one to dunk on people all of the time. But you saw it in the Fab Five. I got clotheslined by Ken Conley of the the Cooley Cardinals. And I got carried off, and I hit my head on the ground. And I got carried off and, and, uh, and had convulsions and was in an ambulance and woke up. And my late mother was staring at me crying and going to the hospital and laying on the bed thinking I was paralyzed for like 24 hours before they gave me the news that I was going to be okay. So after that, Duncan wasn't even important to me no more. And when I see people attack the basket, what I want people to understand is that rim is 10 foot high. And that floor is real hard. I love your analysis sometimes. Right. No, what I want people to realize is the rim is 10 feet from the floor, and the floor is, is very hard. Correct. Very hard. Very hard. And so you get the spectacular play, yes. But for those, it's like a shot blocker. The shot blocker is going to get dunked on. The people that dunk on people going to hit that floor. As Dwayne Wade. He's six foot five, trying to go in there and dunk on people that's six nine, six ten, six eleven. Often, you gonna hit that floor. Look at Donovan Mitchell. You gonna hit the. You gonna you gonna have that spectacular dunk, but you gonna have that play where it's like, ooh, is he all right? You know what I mean? And so like, James Harden at this point of his career, he ain't willing to risk that. So if you're an organization. And you're now trying to give him a max deal that's going to pay him 50, 55, 60 million, three, four, five years from right now. 
from right now. You know what I'm saying? And you already know what I know. And he's shooting less than 50% on shots in the rim. He's, his floaters and his runners are a terrible percentage. And people are getting up on the left hand on the right side at the top of the rim, and they forcing them to use that right hand, and they not reaching. So when you put your head into me, you put your shoulder into me, like that, that's, that, that's a judgment call that they're not giving you anymore. So if I know he's not fearless attacking the rim, if I'm Philly, do I give him the max deal? Would you, Jacoby? No. No, thank you. No, thank you. And I know I gave Ben Simmons away, Seth Curry away, Andre Drummond away, but I brought him in the building. He's healthy as far as I've been told. Because remember earlier, the, earlier this season, he was talking about his hamstring early in the year. But as far as I'm concerned, he's healthy. He's playing. But from what I've seen thus far, especially if they lose the series, I, I could, I'll wake up with a, I'll go to sleep every night, wake up fine with a clear conscience not giving him that money. I, I gotta say this. I'd rather a guy be Ben Simmons and not play all year than allow the ball to roll into the backcourt against Detroit, not even care to bend over to pick it up and allow Sadiq, future MVP of the league, Bay, who had 50 in the game this year for my Detroit Pistons, just dunk the ball. Or not play a game for the Nets because you got a hand injury. Oh, you no, don't forget the Sacramento Kings game. The Sacramento Kings game, he straight sabotaged. He, did, he, he played in that one, but just sabotaged the whole team. We got to go soon, but we always want to hear from the people. 985-80-Jalen is the number to call. We always love hearing from, from you. We want you to be a part of the show just like us. So call 985-80-Jalen, leave a voicemail, and we'll put it on the show just like this one. What up, though? It's your boy Tone calling from West Covina, L.A. Shout-out area. So uh, shout-out Reds the Ledge. Shout-out to you guys uh, listening to the latest podcast and the uh, I got to chime in on this whole Jacoby doesn't shower thing. You know, it might be a little played out, but let's keep the ball rolling right now since we have momentum. Jacoby, what happens in a case where uh, you guys, uh, let's say you're going to be performing some adult exercises, you know what I mean? Do you take a shower before, put a little deodorant, a little spray, a little one or two times? Like, what, what's the deal with that? Secondly... I'm not going to judge you because, uh, you know, my when I go to the gym to go work out, it's usually at night. Some days I come home, straight pass out, you know? And then, uh, so my second question is, are you guys a morning shower, a night shower, is that cultural, or is that regional? I don't know. I don't look like either of you guys. I look like... Uh, a little brownish. So shout out to you guys one more time. But people want to know, Jacoby. Yo, this is, this has gone too far, y'all. I want to talk to the production staff. I want to talk to anyone that's worked on this show. <laughs> I want to talk to anyone that's called the show. Anyone that's listened to the show. This is this is harassment. 
This is an, <laughs> this is a, this is a this is an unhealthy work environment. Dog, I got to no, say one thing. Hundreds of voicemails, and they probably no. listen to three hundred fifty voicemails, no. and they got no. one about me showering. Put no. it on the show. No. Oh, we no. we did we, we no. did this topic yesterday. No, we did the topic yesterday. Before you so, riff, so we I try to tell me out of the no. hundreds of thousands no. of people that listen to this no. podcast, no. literally hundreds of thousands no. of people that call in, probably thousands no. of calls. All now you'll be able to do. You used to have to give a reg a shout out to get on the show. Now all you got to do is just talk about my showers. That's all you got to do to get on the show. People calling in with great questions about the playoffs, analytics and basketball. No, no, People need career no. advice, relationship advice. People calling back on stuff that we asked them to call back about with updates. Like we got real relationships with these people out there. And now the producers and you, all you want to talk about is after my rec league game, whether or not I showered. Guess what? Rec league game tonight. 8 p.m. over at 9.15. Go straight to the bar. Watch the end of the game. That takes me to like 11, 11.30, right? Get home 12.15. I'm asleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm waiting to answer your question, my guy. Didn't even give his name for West Covina. I'm a shower in the morning, and I do yoga every afternoon, and I'm a shower after yoga. I'm a two-shower-a-day guy. I'm not dirty. I'm not funky. I'm just tired. I'm old. You do yoga in the afternoon and then play a a, a, a a full hour of basketball. You got five guys. You know what I mean? We don't even have subs. I'd be fouling people. I'd be fouling people just so I can stop for a minute. I'd be taking full possessions off. Like if I see we got a two on one, I ain't even. I'm not even taking a step towards the basket. Y'all handle that. <laughs> None worse than oh, we, we got a two on one. My guy misses the oh, shot, man. and then and then the yeah, other guy man. gets the rebound, and then he pulls it out. And the team <laughs> looks at me like, "What are you doing, sixty feet away?" So what you want to do? So what you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing over there? So Jalen, why do you love this topic so much? Why? David Jacoby, you know, before the pandemic, I always loved the hygiene topics. Mm-hmm. You know, walk. I, I used to always talk about how I looked at people sideways when I walk into a bathroom and I know they just left out of the stall and they see how they left the stall with feces all in it. I look, I judge you. And don't wash, if you don't wash you. your hands after using the bathroom, especially after sitting right. down to use the bathroom, that's just right. nasty. I look at my right. kids like, so I'm like, my son came out the bathroom today. I didn't hear the toilet flush. I didn't, I didn't hear the, the sink go on. What do you think this is, dog? We ain't camping. <laughs> uh, it's a human LA, man. I love I love the human topics that everybody can relate to. And, but I and I have and I have to say something. Thank you for your brutal honesty. I mean, because you know, I don't tell lies in the microphones. Let me tell you the I, real I honest truth. I appreciate that. The real honest truth is my wife is out of town right now, right? That means I'm up at like 5, 30, oh, so 6 you o'clock. you definitely ain't going to shower. I'm yeah, but not only that, I'm not even showering in the morning. Because I can't shower <laughs> with the three kids trying to get them three to the bus. <laughs> so I might have to shower tonight knowing that I'm not going to shower until Thursday afternoon. But like, when we do the show tomorrow, I'll tell the truth about whether or not I've showered. There's a good chance I'll be doing the show tomorrow after not having showered for like 20 hours and, and played a basketball game and drank <laughs> beers and did a shot of whiskey. So you got, I got that funk At going on one. too. At least yeah. one. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give you that update tomorrow Good on the show. You. We do have a show Good tomorrow. We got a show every day. Why you. is that, Jalen Anthony Rose? Good for you. I'm proud of you, my brother. I'm proud We're of you too. We're not done. We're not done. We are not done. Got to give the people.